Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 88th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're going back to the 08-09 championship winning season to a defender. 18 appearances for the Wolves between 2008 and 2010. Five foot seven of football heaven, Matt Hill. Matt, how are you? I'm good, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Matt. Absolute pleasure. So, just before the podcast, we did discuss it. You are definitely five foot seven, aren't you, Matt? Well, I would like to try and say five foot eight with the uh, with the studs on. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm pushing more five eight just for that presence, mate. Hey, but listen, <laughs> Wolves have got a genius in midfield, same height as you, Joe Martino. So it can't be that bad. No, no, it's uh, it's how you affect play, isn't it? So, um, yeah, thankfully I had a, a bit of a leak just to uh, to get me out of jail at times. So, uh, no, all good. Well, listen, Matt, you never let the walls down. But what we always do at the start of the podcast, we always rewind the clocks. I believe you're Bristol-born and uh, you, you started your career at Bristol City. But where did you play your junior football and how did you originally get spotted? Um, well, I think I'm uh, in a strange way. You're saying a late, a late uh, developer in terms of playing matches. Um, I only started playing from a school football team. Um, what's that? Age, age ten, um, right. and then um, uh, the teacher had had to decide who was going to represent um, the school in terms of going for Bristol Boys trials. Um, I was selected out of. There was three of us really, which were the probably the best three players, and I was the one that was selected to go represent the school. And uh, thankfully, uh, I, got, I got through the trials and ended up representing Bristol Boys from the county. Uh, and then uh, through playing through that, um, I got scouted for for Bristol City to to um, you know be invited to go in and train. So um, I, I did play. I did play uh, grassroots for a couple of seasons. Uh, it was Manor Farm Boys Club at the time and, and Long yeah. Heath. So those were two clubs. Oh, and Porter's Head. I can't forget Porter's Head Juniors. So played for three. Um, grassroots teams um alongside being at bristol city and and then went through the went through the ranks and who did you well, i always ask this question but obviously bristol is a is a two club city as we know who did you support growing up matt if i'm honest with you um none of them i was kind of just one of those people that just love to play football and not really that fully in, engaged in the in the rivalry of, of bristol so um obviously naturally when i started to um you know to play for for bristol city then you know your allegiance started to, to to lean towards bristol city uh but i didn't actually live too far away from um the memorial ground um but yeah bristol bristol city is is obviously the the team i support now now I didn't know this, Matt, till I was doing the research. Um, you made your debut on the 7th of November 1998. Um, and I'm sure Wolves fans will remember this game because Bristol City played Wolves uh, at Ashton Gate. Wolves won that game that day 6-1. Um, David Connolly scored four goals. And, I mean, listen, it was infamous for, for two reasons. Uh, one... 
the famous mascot brawl, and two, Mr. Matt Hill made his debut. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a obviously coming on coming on the pitch. I think we were four one down. So uh, yes, unfortunately to lose six one. But um, I think I was the only um, Bristol player going in the dressing room with a, a slight smile on the face. So um, <laughs> yeah, at that moment, um, yes, the scoreline probably obviously we should be all be upset but uh, I was just absolutely buzzing to um, you know to step foot on the pitch and and be involved so um, yeah it was a fantastic sort of moment for myself with family being in the stands um, and it's something that you know as, as, as youngsters you all strive to do of course of course um, and what's interesting uh, is it was actually Colin Lee's first game in charge of Wolves because Mark McGee had been sacked, um, and that was yeah. his first game in charge. I mean, it couldn't have gone any better for him. But like you said, for you, how old was you at the time, Matt? Uh, 17. So, that I mean, that yeah. is... 17 comes through, so... And I suppose, yeah. it's, it, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a massive honour to play for your hometown club, isn't it, as a 17-year-old? And yes, you want the team to win, but I suppose it all passes you by when, you, when you're making your debut and just trying to make an impression. Yeah, indeed, and I think that's the that's the, that's the key on a selfish point of view. You know, it's it's the little wins, the little gains. Um, obviously, naturally, when you come on, you hope to do well, and I thought I'd done okay. Um, but obviously, you know, it is a results business, and yeah, like you say, I suppose with coming on, the damage was already done. So, oh yeah, um, you know, so it was kind of more the enjoyment of getting on there and and just and just being amongst it. So. Uh, yeah, like I say, it's a surreal moment to to you know to play for your hometown club. But um, yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't the uh, the right result. I mean, listen, it's a baptism of fire. You're four one down. You can do very little to influence the game. You know, when heads are dropping around your left, right, and centre. But as well as heads yeah. dropping, I believe there was three little pigs dropping at half time, wasn't there, Matt? <laughs> yeah, it was crackers. How um, it happened? I was actually, I must have just gone in. Um, for a quick wee or something, I missed all the excitement because, like you say, um, you know, on the news, it was not not for the six one. It was more the uh, the talk about the mascot. So that actually took the shine away from the heavy defeat that we had. So it probably done us a favour. <laughs> every cloud, every cloud. Now, you was at Bristol City between uh, ninety eight and two thousand and five. Seven years. I mean, listen, you made over two hundred appearances for the club. I mean. As that goes, Matt, that once again must be a huge honour for you to play that many games for one club. Yeah, um, you know, it's like I say, it is an honour. Um, you don't appreciate it, especially when you've got, you know, your, your school friends and, you know, your, your good mates that uh, are, are actual Bristol City supporters. And, yeah. You know, you're doing something that they've always dreamed to do. Um, so that always, you know, for me, kept me kept me humble in that front. But, um, you know, Bristol's a big place. It's, Bristol, Bristol is a big place as well, and um, yes. you know, it, it, sometimes it's uh, as a youngster coming through it was tough as well because any mistakes that were highlighted, and you know, I made plenty of them uh, growing up. It's hard to get away from. So um, you know, it, it was fantastic, but also sometimes can be um, a bit of a hindrance as well. Yeah, and is that quite surreal for you, Matt? That obviously. Born in Bristol, like you said, your schoolmates are, as you're growing up, supporting Bristol City. Next thing you know, you're playing at Ashton Gate in front of them. Yeah, exactly that. Um, you know, it's it, it's great. You know, I had uh, a friend of mine who's um, 
she was a, a well, I think she's still probably in the same. Actually, she probably won't be in the same seats because the Atio's changed to the uh, the away end now. But um, you know, at the same seats just above the tunnel, you used to always come out and, and and wave to her as well as your family over the other side, and really you know, start seeing all your your friends sitting in certain positions in the in the stand. So. Yeah, you realise it's a it's a big honour to to do what you're doing. So you know, I'd I'd never sort of um, you know lost sight of the fact of you know how lucky and how honoured I was to to play for Bristol. So um, you know, I I'd like to believe um, you know any Bristol City fan would say that you know I'd always give my all in every game. And that it's all rosy when they're cheering you, Matt, and shouting your name. But it's when they start booing you, isn't it? Your friends and family. That's no good, is it? <laughs> Especially when it's your mum and dad. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, after Bristol City, Matt, um, I suppose it, it was a uh, Preston once again, another big club. Three years there, over a hundred appearances again. As a player, you was obviously, you know, quite loyal, wasn't you? Because you played two hundred appearances at your first club, a hundred appearances at your second club, it, it must have been really a, a good move for you, Max. I believe you're still living in the area now. <clears throat> yeah, so um, obviously it's, it's a, it was a big move for myself and my family. Um, uh, we, had, we had young James at the at the time, who was three. Um, obviously when we had the call, um, potentially could have gone to, to QPR or Millwall, and, but Preston called. And to be honest, uh, my partner and I didn't actually know where Preston was. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, when we had the call to, you know, to have that conversation and go up, um, you know, it just felt right. Um, you know, it's, it was a challenge in terms of moving up a league. Um, but yeah, it was it was something that I was very warmly welcomed as soon as I walked through the building um, and, you know, completely well, thoroughly enjoyed my time there. And, and you still live in the area now, don't you, Matt? You know, you've made it your home. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think you get to a point where... We just bought a, a home. We were only in it for six months, and um, you know we were moving out again to, to to move to Preston. And I think my partner as well was kind of saying, "This is it. We're going to be staying here no matter what." So um, <laughs> you know, when 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 you have kids that come along as well, you know they settle. They're, they're at school, so you know, um, yeah. Thereafter, I uh, I just drove everywhere. Now you was at Preston for three years, and, and then this was really a, a huge move. Um, coming to the the Mighty Wolves in 2008, you actually signed for an undisclosed fee, Matt. Now, whenever I see undisclosed fee, you know, everyone tries to guess. And did you actually know the fee that you signed for? And can you say it? No, I actually don't because it was part of a swap deal with Stephen Elliott. Okay, yes. So, so um, um, like you say, when I got the... And I got the shout that Preston were obviously looking for a striker, and, and obviously Wolves vice versa with the, with the left backs. Unfortunately, uh, George had, had his his serious knee injury. Yeah, um, yeah, it was kind of one of those where you know I, I won't you know you won't lie, be honest at the time. I was a little bit disappointed because I was enjoying my time at Preston, but yes. if they were thinking about contemplating on 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 let me go, then it was like okay, so, well it was a no brainer really in the end. Yeah, to to to, to go to Wolves uh, because like you say. You know, I was enjoying my time at Preston and playing. Um, but once that sort of decision and, and contemplation was being made, then it kind of made, made me think, well, maybe I'm not as valuable and, you know, with Wolves want to me. Um, it made sense. So I've heard that this undisclosed fee, I've heard it was Stephen Elliott and 10 million and you got 10% of the signing <laughs> up. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. I'm still yet, to, still yet to receive that. That uh, must be still in the post or yeah. somewhere. I don't know. Checks in the post. <laughs> I mean, you signed a three three year deal, Matt. Um, and the first season couldn't have gone any better for you. Sixteen appearances yeah. in the championship. We won the league. It was a fantastic season. Um, on the pitch, Matt, it just all seemed to gel and go right, didn't it? Yeah, well, funny enough, when I um, when I signed and um, I went to watch the, the first game, um, well, my first game watching Wolves, and they were playing Nottingham Forest at home. And um, Wardy went in to fill in at left back and, you know, watching it. And, and, and I mean, Wolves absolutely, you yes. know, in terms of energy levels and fitness levels, of the lot, you know, steam steamrolled Forest. And I'm actually yes. sitting here thinking... Oh, I don't know how I'm getting in this side, you know, because it was it, it was that good, you know, it was it was it was relentless. Um and you know, I will say that is probably one of the most fittest, you know, and hungry teams. Listen, you know, playing for, for Preston was a great squad and you know, um, you know, a, a great team, a great a great atmosphere. But, you know, when I really looked at Wolves, you know, there was a real sort of young age, you know, young, yes. hungry. Um, you know, I think it was only probably well, Jody and Mickey Gray, that was that was a tall show in their age in terms of that that squad. Everyone else was, you know, twenty one, whatever, yeah. and it was just, you know, unbelievably fit. And I just think they just blew teams away just through their fitness and desire. So, yeah, it was it was an honour to be a part of it. I mean, it was a young team, like you said, on the wings. You've got Matt Jarvis, Michael Kiteley up front, Sylvan Ebanks, Blake, Chris Abelumo. Carl Henry midfield, Dave Edwards. You know, it, it was a really, really good side. And that Nottingham Forest game, like you said, we absolutely steamrolled them. Um, yeah. And I suppose it is hard to, to look at the team, isn't it? And think, especially when Wardy's fitting in at left back. And it, listen, he, he, yeah. he, he never let us down. And you must be thinking, you know, how am I going to get in this side? And can I make a difference? Yeah, well, it didn't help after the sort of the first week. I then ended up uh, tweaking my media when I was out for... Uh, for about six weeks then. So that prolongs my, um, you know, chances of getting around the side and, yes. and being a part of it. But it also gave me that opportunity to really sort of, you know, look and get my levels up and fitness levels to be to be ready to, to play. Now, obviously, you know, Wardy from that point was going from strength to strength. Um, and obviously so was the team. And like you say, once you, once we're, you know, once I got myself back fit and, and pushing and jumping, you know, it was very difficult to to get in um, but you know it was still still great to be be around it but I mean you played your part in that season 16 appearances it culminated um, it, the, the last game you played in that season was actually the day we sealed promotion at Derby in the 3-2 victory I mean that must have been an incredible game to play in Matt yeah I, you know I, I do believe that um, you know it did play my part I think we were having a little wobble at the time and um, you know uh, I got put in and you know I like to believe that um, you know in that in that period of you know us having that little struggle I, I like to think that it's kind of you know settled the ship again and yeah. you know we, we look solid at the back and not giving much away um, and still putting the ball in the back of there so um, you know I do believe that you know I did contribute um, my part to the 100% to the squad in, in terms of going up and like you say you know it, 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 it was an absolute honour to, to be a part of that and I take it, Matt. Uh, I've, I've never asked this. I take it you've still got your medal. Yes, yes, still got my medal. Yes, still got my uh, my picture as well, which Jody uh, 
Drew uh, is is a fantastic painting of us uh, celebrating yes. as well. So um, that's that sits proudly on my wall as well. So um, yeah, shirts shirts signed as well. So yeah, that that that's something that um, you know I'll always cherish. And is that one of your proudest moments in football, Matt? Because you know you you had a, a, a fantastic career. Uh, with with you know great longevity, you've only recently retired from playing. Um, is that one of your proudest moments? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know, I've um, in terms of playoffs and that, I've uh, always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, in terms <laughs> of you know, I've had, I've had what three finals, three semi-finals, lost them all. Um, so you know that sort of side of things hurts. But you know, to be a part of something to say. You know, I was part of a, a winning team, a winning squad uh, to get promoted. Um, it, it, it's still a massive, you know, it's a, it's a massive honour um, to take. But, and with the playoffs, listen, I I remember the Wolves playoff final, um, you know, two oh three when we got promoted. Obviously, before your time, um, it, it's it's a great way to win a match, but it's also a horrible yeah. way to lose. So when you've lost in semi finals and finals, after all the hard work you've put in all season. To lose that way, it, you know, it, it does hurt. And I suppose it's a real bitter pill to swallow because next season you have to start all over again and nothing's guaranteed, is it? No, exactly that. Um, you know, it does feel uh, like a wasted season, even though you've had so much success. Yes. Um, you know, it, it, it does hit you hard. And, um, yeah, I had actually um, three three finals on the... Or what was it? I had Bristol City... Then it went um, uh, Wolves in the. That's what I said. Oh, sorry, uh, Bristol City. Then I went uh, Preston in the final, um, and I did the Sheffield United as well in the oh. final. Um, but yeah, it, th- those are the ones which obviously, like you say, you think this is going to be this time. This is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. And yes. unfortunately, uh, it never happened. So yeah, it's never nice. Never nice. I'd love to have experienced it, but. Listen, like I said, that that euphoria to to win the league um, with Wolves, listen, that, that that eclipses all that as well. So, um, can't be t- as much as every player wants to be greedy, you know. At least I was able to say that I, I, I did um, win something with a with a team. So, oh, um, listen, I was lucky to experience it all. Oh, listen, we was lucky as well, Matt, to experience such a good team, and I still remember that season fondly. We got promoted. You know, we ended up having three seasons in the Premier League. And to be fair, the investment really wasn't there. Um, you, you, you sadly um, left shortly after. So it was the 09-10 Premier League season. Um, you played two games for Wolves, 12th of September, in a 3-1 a defeat at Blackburn away, Ewood Park. And then 15th of December, a 3-0 defeat away to Manchester United at Old Trafford. But for you, Matt, a Playing in the Premier League must be a huge honour. And, to, you know, it's it's matches like the one at Old Trafford. Yes, nobody wants to lose. We've lost 3-0. It's disappointing. But it must be, you know, occasions like that are what you live and dream for as a player. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, you know, I've always believed that I was going to, you know, grace the Premier League in terms of have that opportunity to play. I've always, you know, like many... Uh, a child or a man, you know, dreaming of playing in the Prem. I was one of those to, to dream. So, you know, to, to say that I've managed to play two games, no one can ever take away from me. Um, so, of course, yeah, you know, people work hard to, to try and hit the pinnacles. Yes, 
it'd have been nice to have played more games, but unfortunately, um, it wasn't to be. But um, as I said to you before, it's 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 an honour to to say that I've played too. Oh, huge, huge honour, Matt. And what was your relationship like with Mick McCarthy? Because it it must be difficult for a team with a winning mentality throughout the Championship season to then to go into the Premier League and, you know, spend pretty much, back then it was 80 minutes defending. Um, it must have been, um, must have been a, you know, tough to, 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 to see that shift in mentality. But what was your relationship like with Mick McCarthy, Matt? Yeah, it was fine. Um, you know, I was always grateful for Mick for bringing me in and, uh, and being a part of um, a successful team. So um that i'll always be grateful for um you know he's a, he's a man that uh that knew what he wanted uh, um and like you say obviously there will always be times where i believe that i should have had a more of a chance and yes. you know the manager has to make his decision so um you always re- respect that even though you sometimes don't like to to hear or see if it doesn't go your way but um you know like i say i, I would always have you know, full respect for, for Mick McCarthy for what he's done and, and I say giving me the opportunity to be a part of it so um, and, and obviously with TC you know he's a big part as well because um, you know TC was at Bristol City when I was first coming through of course yeah um, the, the ranks he was he was under John Ward and I was obviously uh, a youth team player um, you know pushing through and you know he was he was always there to sort of bring me in and get me involved with the first team and, you know, give me that encouragement and, and uh, conversations that I needed just for that confidence as a, as a young lad coming through. So it was a big part as well with my uh, journey coming through at Bristol City. And like you say, it was a big influence again for reasons to come into Wolves as well um, with him being there. Oh, brilliant. And was, you know, at the time there's yourself who's a left back, You've got um, George Elikobe, Stephen Ward. You know, that was one of the spots, actually, where we was quite strong and, and had depth for. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, obviously Mick McCarthy had his relationship with Wardy and, and, and with, with George uh, previously. So, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to break those, uh, those sort of bonds as well um, when a manager builds that with players. So I felt at the time I had that as, as well. But... Yes. You know they were good players. You know yeah. you can't argue that either. So you know that's that's the higher you go up. Unfortunately, like you say, more competition there is, and the harder it gets to, you know, to, to earn the right to play. Yes, definitely. Now, you were, during that season, you went out to QPR on loan. Um, was you quite surprised that you was sort of farmed out on loan, or was it a, you know a personal choice of yours? Did you express to go out on loan because it seemed to happen pretty yeah. pretty early in the season? Yeah, so again, it's it's one of those where you want to play, um, and I think at the time as well, you know, the, the in the Premier League that you put your squads out. So once you're not in that in that squad, then basically nothing else really can can happen in terms of yes. in, involvement. Um, the second sort sort of time, right? So yeah, I wanted to play. You know, it's it's you can't beat playing football, and you know, you, you can take it during the week in terms of training and working with the lads. But as soon as it comes game time. You know, you then realise and it hits home, you know, you're missing another week, you're missing another week. And as I said, I wanted to play football. So um, once I got the shout that um, QPR needed a, a left back and needed help, then, you know, I was willing to, to travel out to London um, to play games. And, and QPR, once again, massive club, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big club. They were struggling at the time as well. Um, you know, I think uh, <laughs> we're going through that documentary with uh, the guys from uh, F1. Um, yeah. 
you know, there were some uh, interesting times down there. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was a bit of a, a, an eye opener. Uh, Bernie Eccleston, isn't it? Uh, yes. Who at the time was 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 running it, but um, yeah, again. It was an opportunity to play. It was actually tough for the family because, like you say, that that was you know you thought walls was quite far or to travel back and forth to uh, from home, but to have to stay away, you know, that was a commitment I had to make to uh, to allow myself to play some uh, to play some football games. I mean, Carl Akimi actually went on loan to QPR, and I remember he did. when I yeah. when I interviewed Carl, he said um, he said the best thing about being at QPR was the, the the in the players canteen he said it was literally like a seven star restaurant he said the food was just <laughs> unbelievable yeah yeah no that was a car came down the same time when i was when i was down so uh yeah it was uh it, yeah it, it, there, was, there was a lot of uh goings on at that at that club at the time um yeah. but then like you say i came just before um Obviously, uh, Neil Warnock then came in before then, obviously, the following season, they went on and, and, and got promoted. So, uh, yeah, it was an experience, put it that way. And from your point of view, Matt, um, there is an unglamorous side of football. You've said, you know, you settle in Preston with your family, then all of a sudden the Wolves move comes up, then you're on loan at QPR. Um, you can be dragged from pillar to post up and down the country because actually when you was at Wolves I believe you was living with your friend in Cannock wasn't you? Yeah that's right um, a good friend of mine um, who was YT with myself um, he lived obviously in Birmingham but uh, yeah we formed a really good uh, friendship and, and always kept in touch and unfortunately you know he didn't um, get the opportunity to to become a, per, well, a you know a professional footballer or get that pro contract um, and you know those are sort of reasons, like you say, you have good friends that you work with. Yes. Um, you know through the youth and that, and that's always you know that's the one thing that's always kept me sort of grateful and, and and humble to be doing what I was doing because, like you say, many of my friends didn't have that opportunity, so I didn't want to waste it. Yeah, yeah. And when you're moving up and down the country, it it is hard, isn't it, Matt? Because after after. Uh, QPR on loan. It was, I believe, a permanent transfer to Barnsley, then Blackpool, Sheffield United, yeah. Tranmere. You're literally doing a, a, a you know, a whistle stop tour of the UK. Um, you know, it's it's got to be tough on the family. It's 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 got to be tough on you. You're spending a lot of time away, and yes, although it's um, glamorous on the pitch, it sometimes it's you know it's quite it's quite difficult off the pitch, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. The 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 QPR one was a tough one. Like you say, you were thinking more football head on, um, yeah. and I'm not really thinking how much sacrifice you were going to make. Uh, not seeing the family because, again, when you play Saturday, Tuesday, and stuff like that, you're not, you know, you would you would leave maybe after a game and, and get home for a sort of two three o'clock in the morning. You know, spend half a day with the family before you're back in the car to to drive back down for training on the on the Thursday. Um, so you're rich, literally seeing them you know, half a day here, half yes. a day there. So, and doing a lot of travelling, um, doing a lot of driving and stuff like that as well, which is obviously never never great. And then just staying in the hotel, people think, oh yeah, that's great, but it definitely gets boring when you're where the hotel's situated by the um, by the airport. It was, um, yeah, it, it's not, not that glamorous whatsoever. So, um, listen, I know, I know, People get caught up in the high life of what what the potential lifestyle could be like now, but yeah. um, you know it definitely wasn't that. It, it's tough back then as well. You know, you got 
three young kids um you're spending a lot of time away from them we're going to come on uh, to your children very shortly matt um but as as you you do come from a footballing family uh, i'm sure many wolves fans know this your cousin scott goldborn was at wolves 2013 to 2016 i mean is it any coincidence that he's a left back like you matt yes yeah no no coincidence, I don't know. It's um yeah, we just seem to be forming defenders. But uh yeah, Scott was um you know, he was very talented. Yes. Um, you know, a very good player. Um a lot more attacking than than I was. I think I would like to probably be more of a defensive sort of left back and Scott, you know, he's he's very offensive, I think. Don't get me wrong, he can defend as well, but you know, he can he can play and he was one to, to bomb on and create opportunities. So um yeah, he had a, a fantastic time himself. Uh, he did. At Wolves. And and he actually started at Bristol City as well, I believe, didn't he? Yes, yes, um, yeah. Uh, started at Bristol. I don't think he played as many games, um, yeah. and then went to went to Reading. Um, but you know, like I said before, he's he was one that's obviously you know I think I think uh, from a family point of view, left a little bit too early, but. Uh, you know, because we all wanted him to have a, a bit of a career at Bristol. But um, no, like you said, he. He's had a fantastic career. He actually moved to to Barnsley as well, which we chuckled because I'd moved, I'd played at Barnsley as well. So we were thinking it was following following the sort of career path of myself. But um, yeah, you know when he went to Wolves, well, you know he 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 done ever so well. Oh, he did once again. Great player. Um, and football is obviously in the blood of the family. Um, you've got two sons who play football now. Uh, you one son, James uh, Fleetwood Town, I believe. He made his debut at 16 and he's the youngest ever first-team player for Fleetwood Town. I mean, Matt, once again, you've had a great career yourself and then and then to see your son's hopefully following in your footsteps is huge, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's something that, um, you know, I know it sounds silly, but you never push, you, you know, you like you take them to football and things like that. But it's it's always up to them whether they, they choose to, to want to go down that path and... Yeah, it was um, you know an unbelievable experience for him to uh, to make his debut at, Le- at Leicester in the in that Carabao Cup. I think. Um, yeah. Well, I know I was, I was on a course, and he said, "Oh, Dad, I'm 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 uh, I'm, I'm traveling with the first team." And I, like I said, I was on the course and think, "Oh, well done, you know, well done, son." And thinking it, it'll go down, and just you know what it's like sometimes a young lad goes and travels, helps yeah. out with the kit, and might get an opportunity just to sort of have a jog around and do the warm up, and then. Yeah. In the stands, and uh, next minute I look on Twitter, and it's oh, James Hill's on the bench. I'm thinking, oh, that's a good experience for him. At least he's getting to see what it's like on the, you know, from a bench and point of view. And I anyway, know towards the end of the course, nearly cut, well, almost forgot. Thinking, oh, I'll just check to see how they're getting on, and start scrolling through, and all of a sudden it says Hill. You know, and there's something like uh, something like 77 for 78 minute. I'm thinking, what? You know, start scrolling <laughs> through the messages and phone in the partner just saying you know he's on the pitch he's on the pitch you know so um oh. yeah it, it was it was yeah it was fantastic and um you know he was he was chirping to sort of say dad i've, I've made my debut uh, younger than you but i did say he's still got a few more games to uh <laughs> to catch up with to uh to say you beat me so um yeah no we were all delighted it was uh you know a fantastic opportunity to to pay against premier league players um oh. I mean, you know, I was at 16, so uh, unbelievable. That is just huge. And I believe, Matt, if I'm right, um, when Matt made his de- uh, when uh, James made his debut, you were still playing yourself. So 
Was there any ever ever dream of you at some point, perhaps playing together, you at the twilight of your career and, and James at the beginning? Yeah, no, I think I was a bit too low at that point. Um, <laughs> I think I might be at, uh, at uh, Bradford, uh, Bradford Park Avenue, yeah. potentially, I think, at the time. So, uh, yeah, I think our, our paths have well and truly crossed there in terms of him going up and me going out. So, um, yeah, it would have been it would have been nice or a fairy tale. But, um, yeah, like you say, um, fair play. The only thing we get is to play two touch in the garden. That's about as close we get to playing, um, I mean, playing the, with each other against each other. Listen, Matt, you must have obviously passed on a lot of knowledge and experience to him. He's recently made his debut for his country as well, I believe, the under-20s. And um, recently, he scored his first goal for his country. I mean, once again, you, you must be bursting with pride. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, it's every credit to James. You know, like you say, as, as, as you hear about good players, you know, good players take on information but they actually execute it as well so you know you hear you hear a lot of players sort of listen but don't hear in terms of you know you can give them all the information you want it's up to them then whether they take it on board you know take it you know onto the training ground or take it into a first team game um and james to be fair to him is is a sponge in terms of his learning yeah um and, and taking his opportunity so yeah we're very, very proud of him. Um, you know, he's, he's he's in a good place at the moment. But you know what football's like. You can't stand still. So um, you've got to keep striving. And that's what we keep saying. And, and do you think from your point of view, Matt, listen, you was a very, if you don't mind me saying, a very level-headed player, very sensible player. You've lived your life right off the pitch. Um, you know, you've always, um, you know, even when you've finished playing, you've maintained a good physique. You've, Like I said, you've lived right on and off the pitch. Um do you think that that you've you've passed on almost invaluable knowledge to James in terms of like you said he's listening he's developing, um, you know have you had sort of lots of candy chats and said look you know told him about the pitfalls to face and um, you know told him about where he can possibly go wrong and where he can improve. Yeah, I think it's only moments when he um, I've actually asked for it um, because at the end of the day what he's doing at Fleetwood. Um, you know the manager will have his own opinions or his own ideas, and he has to follow what the what the manager asks. Yes, I think there's only been certain moments where you know a goal's gone in, and it potentially he could do slightly better, or giving him tips in terms of how to mark in corners. Um, you know those sort of things, but he's got to go away and trial it out and see if that works for him or if it doesn't. Um, so there's probably small moments in terms of you know helping him. Um, you know, to get better. But end of the day, like I said, the coaches that uh, that give him the information, the manager as well, he's got to execute and and do what they ask. So um, he's able to do that, which is obviously to his benefit. And I suppose he can turn around now, Carney, and say, "Dad, how many England caps have you got?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely outcapped me on that one in terms of uh, yeah. Listen, you know, I think I think he's already uh, powering past me. I think he's close to playing fifty games. Um,
I mean, that, that's incredible. And, it, you know, it, it puts Fleetwood on the map, doesn't it? Because, like you said, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man U, Liverpool, you know, they're always flooding any age group of the international setup. So, once again, this is massive for Fleetwood. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, Fleetwood have done ever so well with their, you know, how they've set things up for the for the academy lads. You know, they only sold uh, Josh Feeney, who... Um, uh, went to Aston Villa and from the under 16s and I think he's I think he's now a youth team player now but again you know he's in the sort of England setup and, and doing so well and you've got a few other Irish internationals that are, that are playing um, for their 20s and 21s so yeah. it, it's it's massive for, for, for Fleetwood and like you say it definitely um, you know puts them on the on the map and yeah it's it's uh, it's great all round and um, it doesn't stop there your other lad is at Blackpool Yes, yeah, that's it. Uh, Tyler, he's uh, he's in the under-16s at the moment, uh, last year of doing GCSEs, and then uh, he will go on that journey of uh, going on the YTS and see where it takes him. Oh, I mean, that's brilliant. Once again, you, you must be so proud of them both for, for, you know, because like I said, you've seen both sides of the coin with football. Um, so to see them following in your footsteps, it is it is special, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's 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 nice to um, you know to see that they're like like myself doing something that they enjoy and love, um, and and like you say, it's it's doggy dog. It's tough. So you know, it, when they get those rewards, they deserve it. So you know, they they, they have their own control, their own de- destiny um, in terms of making a career out of it. And all I say is good luck to them. Fantastic. And Matt, you're still involved in football. In fact, you're not too far away. At the minute, manager of Stafford Rangers, um, how's management going? How different is it to being a player? And are you enjoying it? Yeah, I'm uh, enjoying the challenge. Um, like you say, Stafford uh, have been in a in a difficult period um, the last couple of years. Um, so, being given this opportunity to to uh, you know to take to take the uh, the baton and run with it, and um, you know it, it's something that I'm I'm enjoying. Um, I've got good good staff behind myself I've got good players that's um, you know are, are doing are doing very well for myself I think it's it's hard because you know once the game starts in a sort of sense it's it's out of your control isn't it you can yes. only kind of bark a little bit on the sidelines and you're you're trusting the lads to execute what we've worked on so um, it's, it's 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 difficult in a non-league world because you know you don't have a lot of time to to, to, to do your you know your training sessions yeah. or you've got to pre-season really to, to implement what you what you want but um, you know so far so good and, and long may it continue well that's the difficult one is Nick's it's training Tuesday Thursdays I believe you know you're always working under budgetary constraints um, and it is difficult yeah. at that level but they've had a decent start to the season haven't they Matt Yes, we've, uh, we've 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 done we've done well. Um, you know, we're sitting in ninth at, the, at this moment in time. Um, you know, we, we uh, you know we're we're in a comfortable position because again, you know, as I said, the last two years we were bottom of the league and and looking like we were going to get relegated. But obviously, with uh, with COVID, um, you know, the league got cancelled, and you know that was probably unfortunately but to our advantage from that point of view. So. It was important, um, you know, that we went, we got off to a good start this season. Obviously, yes. anyway, for the the side and for myself personally as a, as a new manager to get that belief, you know, from the from the fans to sort of say, you know, I kind of know a little bit about football and, you know, I believe I'm the right person to yeah. to help push Stafford forward again. Um, so, 
you know, as much as I was as a player, ambitious to to try and get to the top, I'm I'm no different as a manager. I want to do the same. Brilliant. And so is that the, um, I suppose is that the, uh, the, the you know your aspiration to to really see how far you can go as a manager and, and test yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of a lot of um, good managers, um, so I've got some ideas and. And uh, in, in terms of styles of how they speak to players, how they you know encourage players, yeah. um, it is completely different to, to working full time with with players than, than doing it part time. But you've got to start somewhere, and I'm and I'm really pleased to be working at Stafford and 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 and, and, and doing all my sort of learning and being creative in terms of getting messages across to players. Um, so yeah, who knows where it takes you? And do you still? I mean, as a Obviously, as a former player who's only retired, you know, over the last two or three years, are you still kicking and heading every ball? And do you still get itchy feet to get the boots back on and uh, make a difference? Yeah, uh, I sometimes join in in training, but uh, after this training session, by the time I've driven home and get out of the car, I've uh, very quickly turned into the tin man. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, the body tells me now is is I've got no chance. So, uh, unfortunately, yes, the head says I can uh, I can still do it, but the uh, the body uh, unfortunately says uh, no chance. Oh, actually, Matt, how old was you when you did hang up the boots? Because um, you did have a long career and you did look after yourself impeccably. Yeah, I would probably say. 37 38 um you know last couple of years like i say I've, I've you know was on the bench and you know ready to come on if needed stuff like that um but yeah it is a young man's game and as much as uh you know i still believe i'm a young man it's uh yeah it, it's tough to uh to keep up with them now so uh yeah the best the next best thing is to uh is to manage and and coach so uh, i'm enjoying that now brilliant matt and if you can look back on that fantastic career um, which was several hundred professional games. If you can look back in a moment, brings a smile to your face. What moment is it, Matt? Uh, well, I, I still got to go back to uh, to score my first goal with with Bristol City. I think um, uh, when I scored, it was my, my son was born on a on a Thursday, and then I we played Swindon um, on TV, and I scored and I scored um, on the Sunday. So I did the old little cradle rock and brilliant and like that. So that that. that that's something that obviously will always, um, you know, will stand out as a as a big smile uh, for myself at that moment. So uh, yeah, that was a big thing for me and my family. Um, so yeah, that, that was a great moment. That I don't think I'll ever forget. Oh, brilliant, Matt. Well, listen, thank you so much uh, for your time today on the Wolf Whistle. Um, really appreciate you know you coming on the podcast. You're welcome anytime. Thank you for representing. Our great club, Matt, uh, 18 times between 2008 and 2010. And the final question is, as you know, for my sins of help run the Wolves All-Stars, I've been begging you for years to get your boots on. Surely you're going to come out of retirement for that. I'll try. I'll do my best at some stage to uh, to dust off the boots and, uh, and come and join you. Brilliant. Thanks ever so much, Matt. Take care. Thanks, Jason.